0: Elijah, are you ready to bring on the weird?
1: Yeah, I was just doing some weird shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> I was using my tripod to look like a duck.
0: Quack. Tripod? <laughs> what are you tripoding?
1: Well, it's a tripod for my webcam that it's just sitting on my desk because I don't have a use for a tripod. Ah, uh, okay. Well, I don't have anywhere to put the tripod. Like, I don't have anywhere for the webcam to look good. When I get my real desk...
0: You put it down under the monitor, and then it'll have to point up into your face, and you'll see all your nose hairs and
1: whatnot. Yeah, and you already got a problem with the lights behind me. It's already blinding (laughs) you.
0: Oh, yeah, so it'll point directly into the lights.
1: Yeah, it's working out so far.
0: Yes, it is. Real desk, are you going to build one?
1: No, no, no.
0: What? Come on.
1: I mean, I could, I guess. That's actually not a terrible idea.
0: Uh, I'll have to send you the plans for one that I've been... I really want to build it. It wouldn't be too terrible. So you, it's basically it's the size of a door. It's, so the whole desktop is a door, and then you just kind of build legs onto it, or you can build a filing cabinet into it, and that's it, really. And then the hole where the doorknob would go is where all your wires would go in the back.
1: That's not bad.
0: As long, as long as you get one that's flat or just make it flat and make sure you still have that hole.
1: Yeah, I thought about just buying one of those cheap ass Amazon, quote unquote, gaming desks. Whoa!
0: Because
1: you know they gaming. got the they got the spot for your controllers. Because I I've been gaming kind of a lot down here. My wife my wife said, you know, I think you got that just for gaming, and not so much for the podcast. <laughs> I'm like, no, I got it for the podcast, but the gaming. That's yeah, a that's a nice touch.
0: <laughs> Be one of those big ass desks with the. The the whole thing's a mouse pad.
1: I need a larger mouse pad, yes, but maybe <laughs> not that large. I'm actually using funny. one we got my son several years ago for Christmas. I think it was Christmas. We got um uh, it was cheap as fuck, dude. Some piece of crap stuff, but he, you know he yeah. felt like a gamer when he had a, we had this like old HP like all in one. He's oh. playing Roblox and having fun with it. So we got him this RGB keyboard and an R G B mouse and Hell yeah. Yeah, oh he felt awesome. But the computer took a shit on us and this stuff's just been sitting down here, so I was like, I'm gonna take that mouse pad.
0: <laughs> the all in one, man, I don't I don't like that idea.
1: Nah, it's not great. It, I mean, it's nice if all you wanna do is just email. Set it up somewhere and, yeah, send some emails and that's about it. But
0: write a book and a text document. And that's it. That's all it's good for.
1: Well, I mean, some of them are powerful enough to do some things, but you can't upgrade anything. It's all, they're nice. All, they're nice to look at.
0: Yeah, it's all integrated.
1: Like the, you know, the, the Apple desktops, they're nice looking computers, dude.
0: Yeah. I remember those well, oh are you talking about the old CRT things no. where eventually <laughs> there were neon and whatnot
1: in the computer lab? No, 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 no. I'm talking about the newer ones. We went up to Best Buy when I was looking I was looking to get this computer I have now, so we went up to Best Buy just looking around and they had the the IMAX there. Gorgeous computers, dude. <laughs> They're just they shake a little too much. You know what I mean? Oh. The monitor shakes a little too much. Like Alright, at some point you gotta maybe don't go for too sleek, maybe go for a little robust, you know what I mean?
0: <laughs> right. Well you gotta pay two hundred dollars for the uh robust stand.
1: They're nice looking computers, man.
0: The yeah, I stand.
1: The no, I stand?
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? They might start charging for those. They don't I give everything. you a charge <laughs> they don't give you a charger for your phones anymore.
0: Uh well, well what was it, Singapore? It's one of those Middle East countries. The whole country is like, "What? If you guys are not going to supply the power brick and the cable? Uh, we're going to boycott Apple altogether." Bye. And then Apple's like, "Oh, okay, we'll do it."
1: Then somebody? I think some country sued them over that. Is that the same thing you're talking about?
0: Yeah, probably. They just weren't gonna. They weren't gonna use Apple. Sue them or something.
1: <laughs> Fucking crazy, Apple. They're like, we're going to save the environment.
0: <laughs> like
1: I'm pretty sure that was their reason. Maybe. Uh, that's, I mean, I think that was the official reason. I don't think that was their actual reason. I think they're just full of shit. Uh, oh. uh, look, I'm an yeah. Apple fanboy. I love that. I love my Apple phone. I would get an Apple computer just to say I have an Apple computer.
0: Hey, but it's twice the price.
1: Yeah, and you can't upgrade them. You can't do anything. I spent... I don't know what I spent on this, 1300 bucks on mine, and I can upgrade all fucking day.
0: Thank you, Joey, for the stimulus.
1: Yeah, Uncle Joe bought my computer. <laughs> and now we're going to be fucked. Well, not we, our kids, maybe us.
0: They're going to find some kind of way to force us to pay it back.
1: Oh, we're paying it back, buddy. Don't worry. We're going to pay <laughs> it back.
0: <laughs> well, what are you drinking tonight?
1: Well, like I told you before we started recording, I went, so I went earlier today when the kids were in school and I grabbed a beer or not a beer, a six pack. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, all right, cool. So then I text my wife and I was like, oh shit, I didn't grab you any wine. I went out and I was like, do you want me to, you want me to run back out? I said, it's not an inconvenience. And she was like, well, yeah, if it's not. So then I went out and I saw a different one. So I got two different kinds (laughs) (laughs) for tonight. So my first one is by Sierra Nevada. It's a Dankful IPA, generously hoppy. Ooh, and it's doesn't say anything fun on it, but it's from Sierra Nevada and it's a seven point four.
0: Ooh, there you go. You're gonna yeah. need plenty of that later. This,
1: oh boy, this time we got
0: a uh, buddy of mine who also drinks Genesee Cream Ale. Told me, hey, man, you should definitely try the Genesee Honey Brown. I'm like, yeah, okay, sure, no problem. It's uh, it's pretty much Genesee with some honey in it. It's only 4.5%, but it's good.
1: Well, that's good. I mean, I almost fucking HP with your bullshit. <laughs> Always checking for updates. Like, stop it. I don't know how to turn that off. Anyway. Kill it. Yeah, I almost got a... A fiver for tonight. It was a like a raspberry something. I was like, that sounds kind of good. It was cool can, like purple, like looked hippie style. Yeah. And then I saw this. Uh, I was like, nah, fuck that.
0: <laughs> well, I guess we may as well get into this. Huh.
1: we might as well, right?
0: And as I was, I was getting back to my car, and I was putting the beer in the car, and I was thinking about the topic. I was like, shit. I should have gotten some kind of ale, because this is kind of about ailments. Uh-oh. This whole
1: thing. Yeah, you should have got an ale. I should
0: have. I was originally going to call the topic, um, uh, cure, cure question, or quote-unquote cures for what ails you.
1: Oh, that would have been perfect for an ale.
0: I know. but this is going to be all about quackery.
1: Well, I got an IPA. That's a India Pale Ale.
0: All right. So we're on track, sort of. I guess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I I got your back, buddy. I'm always here for you.
0: <laughs> so I'll tell you what quackery is, and then I figure with the with this kind of topic, I'll get into some odd hangover cures, and then we'll get into more quackery. Yeah, quackery.
1: Is this uh like big pharma?
0: Uh, it's more of the opposite, to oh. not use big pharma.
1: Oh, holistic medicine, eh?
0: Uh, we'll see so, how it goes.
1: Okay, okay, I'm <laughs> looking forward to it.
0: So quackery is the dishonest practice and claims to have special knowledge and skill in some field. Typically medicine. But the more and more I learned about it, I guess quackery is very related to medicine, but it's not a... a you could probably use that term for other things. Uh earlier I searched for political quackery and the first thing that came up was an article about uh the beginnings of Obamacare.
1: <laughs> Whoa. That is a probably a touchy subject here. I don't a little, know.
0: A little bit. A quack. You heard doctors called quacks, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Especially like uh, psychological doctors or uh Counselors? <laughs>
1: fucking chiropractors.
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly. People like think a...
1: that's a joke. Uh, yeah, the people think that's a fucking joke. I don't know. I've never been to one, but people are like, that's a fucking dangerous fucking practice right there, man. But that
0: one's still around.
1: Did you hear about the, it was years and years ago, but she went to a chiropractor. She was like a, a... I don't know, not Miss America or whatever, but she was like a, a model and she went, and he readjusted her neck, and she fucking died.
0: Holy crap. Yeah. That's insane. <laughs> readjusted her neck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> readjusted her, just fucking ripped her head off.
0: <laughs> it's horrible, though. I guess that's what my... Yeah. My wife is kind of apprehensive to about going to a chiropractor, because she's worried something crazy like that would happen, but... Uh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs>
1: I used to want to go to one, but uh, I don't know, man. Just to see what it was like. Like they're cracking my back. I'm like, ooh, that feels kind of nice. You know? What about a masseuse? And the next thing you know, I'm fucking dead. <laughs> I'm meeting Jesus. You know? And he's like, Yo, dude, you got to take the elevator <laughs> down.
0: I'm like, not no, here. Man. not here. <laughs> You're like, ooh. I want to go up. Ooh, that like, ooh, that crack felt heavenly. Oh shit. <laughs>
1: All right, you got to go to the lobby. You're right now. You're in the penthouse. You got to go down to the lobby. Like, I don't want to go to the lobby. I know what's down there. I don't want to go.
0: Sublevel, basement three. Hmm. Now, uh, I'm sure you've had plenty of hangovers in your life, haven't you?
1: <laughs> yeah, actually, I'm getting them less and less. I think it's because I'm getting to be a pro. A, a drinking pro? I don't
0: know if that's probably. Probably should not put that in your resume.
1: It's probably a bad thing, yeah. Well, I mean,
0: if you have come to the point where you can uh, control what and how much, because you're like, I'm starting to feel a little some rumbly in my tumbly, it's time.
1: Yeah, I'll get there one day.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you normally do uh, to cure your hangovers? Just sleep it off?
1: Sleep. Yeah, sleep, eat some greasy food, and if I'm not feeling too, too bad... I'll go outside and get some fresh air.
0: Just a little bit. You don't go crazy.
1: No, and you know when I'm not feeling good from drinking the night before, when I, I'm super thirsty, but for whatever reason, I I'm dying for like an iced coffee or a Coke. I don't want water for whatever reason. It's like something, some weird thing in my brain. It's like no, we don't want water. We want more dehydration and fatty. Well, yeah, you sugar. want the
0: sugars to come back? You want? You know, something bubbly in there. Coke could do that. That's actually one of the simple hangover cures, It's just uh, chicken noodle soup and a Coke. Really? One of the simple ones. But I was going to go down the list of some huh. of the historical ones that are, oh, boy, out of this world. <laughs> okay. Uh, tree sap and bird beaks. How do you feel about that?
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> do, uh, how do... Uh, Okay, how does that uh, work? When
0: folks found themselves hungover in ancient Assyria, which included present-day Syria as well as parts of Iraq, Iran, and Turkey, they liked to grind up the beaks of birds and mix them with myrrh, the fragrant resin of the camphora tree. Or com- Yeah, camphora? I think that's how you say it. And then eat it. Myrrh is normally just used for perfumes and tincture, not in its highly pungent resin form. So it's even odds that eating it would be any better than just going without and suffering the hangover, and that's to say nothing of the bird beak part. I I don't know why, how, why, why was that even an option? Let's grind up some bird beaks. Who thought that was a good idea?
1: Yeah, I don't know. They're just like, hey, we got these, uh, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Scrapple. <laughs> we got these spare parts. Let's grind no. them up and use them.
0: Pickled sheep's eyeballs. No, nope. many okay. cultures seem to recommend consuming pickled things to cure hangover. That kind of makes sense. The kind of the the sour, vinegary, salty kind of all that stuff in one.
1: Yeah, I feel like it would dehydrate you more.
0: I don't know. Hmm.
1: Well, maybe not. Uh, maybe maybe you eat the the eyes and then you drink some water because the the salt retains yeah. water. No, no,
0: no, then. Well, it says here in Poland, you're supposed to drink pickle juice straight up. But Mongols from the era of Genghis Khan took it a step further. They prescribed a breakfast of two pickled sheep's eyes. This supposed cure is still used in the region, although now they chase it with a glass of tomato juice. It's known as a Mongolian Mary.
1: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, so, man?
0: How does How does that even work? Do they just have... They've killed their sheep... A previous time they're like, I'm gonna keep the eyeball over here, put that in some some brine. Because we know we're gonna get fucked up tonight. We got a sheep on the on the pyre.
1: Yeah. We're all fucking amped up. You know, we got the kill. Oh. We're all fed. We're gonna party like it's fucking I don't know, twelve ninety nine. And they knew the next day that people were gonna need those fucking brined eyeballs. Probably not the next day. I think it takes a little longer to pickle stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think so, right? Yeah, a couple days, a few days, maybe a week. I don't know. You you
0: could just take cucumbers and then slice them up or dice them, however you want to or whatever shape you want them, and just put them in leftover pickle juice. And then after a few days, they're pickled enough to eat like a pickle. Yeah, it works. Does that really work?
1: Or is that are you speculating?
0: Yeah, really. It's already brine. You already have the brine. You don't have to do anything to it.
1: Yeah, I just figured it was like leftover shit. So I figured it wouldn't work as well.
0: No, it doesn't work as well. I guess the longer you keep it in there, the better it's going to taste because it still tastes, even after a couple of days, it still tastes a little cucumbery, But it's still good. It's pickles.
1: I went through a phase. So like, I loved pickles growing up. And then I went through a phase where I hated (laughs) pickles, despised them. And now I like them again. (laughs) I'm fucking weirdo. It happens, but I used to have what. So this is weird. I know we're getting off topic. I used to have what's called a they call it a geographical tongue. Okay. And it would cause weird shapes on my tongue, where like my taste buds would just go away. Damn you! You had or whatever. So I would the first one coronavirus. (laughs) I don't know what it was, but I would randomly just be like. I hate that. That's disgusting. And my mom would be like, "What the fuck?" Like she would lose her mind cuz she thought she was making my favorite dinner and I'm like, "It's disgusting. I hate you. I'm moving out. I'm running away." And you did.
0: Now you make your own damn. I,
1: I tried to run away one time. <laughs> yeah, I do. Actually, I rarely make dinner. My wife is the the dinner maker here. I try sometimes, I, you know, I fire at the grill time to time.
0: But not in the winter too but
1: much. My tongue isn't it like that, do anymore. that anymore. No, I don't know if I grew out of it or what. But it's a very, very rare thing, and you can you can look it up. It's a thing that happens. Although they say it doesn't affect taste buds, but it, it fucking does. Like I have it. I I had it. Like I could love Gatorade one month, and then the next month I'm like, this is fucking <laughs> gross.
0: What is this piss? That's so weird. So. It would just turn off your taste buds in random places. So, like a Gatorade, you would taste all the salt and none of the sweet.
1: Yeah, yeah. It would make weird shapes, and my, my mom got scared and took me to the doctor when I was a little kid because she was like, "What the hell is this?" Like she thought I was like scraping my tongue so hard with my teeth that I was
0: you damn cannibal.
1: And then your, he was yourself. Yeah. And then he was like, and then he was like. No, this is very rare, but it's a thing.
0: You done got that geotongue.
1: <laughs> hmm
0: Another cure. Licking your own sweat. No. Oh. No. None of this sounds good.
1: Look, I've had <laughs> I've had some nights where I drank so much that the next day I was sweating yeah. the booze out. So would I just get more drunk? <laughs> is it like hair of the oh, dog?
0: That's coming up. In a couple minutes, it's <laughs> okay. there's, hair of the dog has a crazy scientific reasoning behind how it works. I actually
1: I don't know this, but I can actually kind of in my mind think that hair of the dog probably does work because it kind of slows the decline.
0: Um, yes, but there's even deeper chemical reasons. Okay, uh, so it was Native Americans who did the uh, the sweat licking. Snorting tree ivy juice. Snorting it. If you wanted to shake it off in 17th century England, author and herbalist Nicholas Culpepper advised stuffing the nasal passages with the juice of tree ivy. Mmm. I know what I have to do, but I don't know if I have the strength to do it. I I wouldn't have the strength to do any of these. (laughs) Lemony armpits.
1: I gotta snort. (laughs) In Puerto Rico,
0: some would-be revelers opt for preventative measures by rubbing a slice of lemon or lime into their armpits before a night of boozing. Some versions say you only need to do this on your drinking arm, (laughs) quote-unquote. The science-free explanation is that it's said to keep you hydrated. But there's another explanation that I saw somewhere else that said it was probably just some practical joke that they played on their buddy. Hey man, we're going out. You should probably just rub some lemon juice in your armpits. Go ahead, do it. I feel
1: like th- that's what the barber did to me today. He cut my hair, and then he cut all around. You know, he shaped me up, and then he just threw alcohol all over my fucking <laughs> like, <laughs> just a practical joke. Like, and I was sitting there like,
0: yeah Oh, you podcast uh, coming here without a mask? Huh? I'll show you.
1: <laughs> no, he was like, "Hey, you can take it off <laughs> if you want." I was like, am I gonna get fucking arrested? Is the SWAT team gonna come in here?
0: Said, Nope, that was a test. Here, have some alcohol on your neck. <laughs> I said, bah! I was like, Kevin <laughs> in home alone. Bah! The barber that you go to, do they still have the uh, the red and re- red and white poles?
1: Yeah, the one I go to does. That's coming
0: up. There's a reason for that.
1: Oh, do I you? know the reason for that. It's <laughs> fucking weird. Yeah, I do. But <laughs> I don't know if the listeners do, so I can't wait for them to hear it.
0: Uh, Prairie oysters. Introducing at the 1878 Paris World Exposition. This remedy has nothing to do with actual oysters, nor seemingly any prairies. It's just a raw egg in a shot glass with whiskey and Tabasco. Some variations add vinegar and or... uh Uh-oh, here we go. Worcestershire sauce.
1: (laughs) Don't feel bad. Nobody can say it.
0: Uh... A uh, friend of my parents he would always just call it what's this here sauce but <laughs> si-
1: i mean that's probably closer than most just people simplify
0: say the fuck out of it
1: let me get some of that what's that <laughs> this here sauce for my steak also look people if you're putting a1 or uh what's that this here sauce on your steak you're not making oh, them right
0: no it's true fried canary the ancient Romans were pretty hardcore about their days-long parties. And through Pliny the Elder, we know that they liked to fry up a canary and eat it for breakfast the morning after a bender. Mmm. Oh, what we're not done. Fu- rabbit dung. Dung. Rabbit poop.
1: tongue? Oh.
0: And this was uh, from American okay. the American West. Cowboys in the American West thought that if you went outside and got some rabbit pellets, made a tea out of them, and drank it, Your hangover would disappear.
1: So rabbit diarrhea,
0: rabbit shit, rabbit shit tea. That'll fix your hangover, boys. Oh
1: my god, dude! Uh, bearing. You know what's weird? (laughs) You know what's kind of weird about all this is that humans have been over drinking for so long that there is so many of these. I
0: know. There's it's just a crazy amount of hangover cures, quote unquote. It's sort of quackery, I guess. I don't think I would try very many of them. Yeah, I'm
1: not drinking rabbit (laughs) pellet tea.
0: Usually if I have a hangover, if it's bad enough, I go to the shower. And if it's bad enough, beyond that, I just hang out in the shower for a while. And then I potentially purge just to get all the crap out of me.
1: Yeah, I can't do it. I can't. I can't intentionally make Why? myself do that.
0: Because
1: uh, I gag. <coughs> I gag enough <laughs> when I brush my teeth. Yeah, <laughs> it fucks me up, dude. What the fuck uh, is that? Burying mean?
0: yourself in wet sand. So apparently it's a, that's an Irish tradition. If you're hungover, then go down to the river and just kind of. I don't know how you just bury yourself. I guess you'd have to have somebody with you. This almost seems like a weird party trick, too. Uh, He's so fucking passed out, man. Let's take him down to the river and just bury his body in sand. And you wake up fucking feeling right as rain because you got in the nice, cool sand and the nice, cool, flowing river.
1: Yeah, they, like, left your head out. There's dicks all over your face. Not actual dicks, but, like, drawn dicks. Who knows? (laughs) You woke up with actual dicks. (laughs) Who knows? You you were at a crazy party.
0: This doesn't sound like this doesn't sound good at any time. Coca Cola and milk, yeah, mixed in the 1930s. The Ritz Carlton Hotel no. in New York City in New York City served its post blitz patrons a glass of Coca Cola and milk. The head barman claimed that after someone drank it, he or she would take a little nap, and after that, you feel wonderful.
1: That sounds like you you take the nap because you got fucking sick <laughs> as fuck. Yeah.
0: You know, like. you <laughs> just wore out. Ew. Skull dust and dried viper. In 17th century England, a physician named Jonathan Goddard um. sold a product that he called Goddard's Drops, which were com- comprised of powdered human skull, dried viper, and quote-unquote spirit of heartshorn, which we now call ammonia.
1: <laughs> okay. Where's the mercury?
0: <laughs> Highland fling. This one isn't too bad. I think, I think this is the one that wasn't too bad. Oh, here you go. Uh, for centuries, the Scots have relied on a special concoction to kill the next day headache. Mix a bit of cornstarch, known as corn flour in the UK, into some buttermilk. Heat it up, season it with salt and pepper, and guzzle it down. The drink shares its name with a dance that was popular in the 1800s. Cornstarch, buttermilk, and salt and pepper. Sounds like a salt and pepper milkshake, sort of.
1: It sounds like you're getting ready to make some pancakes or something. <laughs> Maybe some grits. That'd be fun.
0: Uh, I love grits. One. Bull penis soup. Yum! It is the n- what? That's yes? a cure. All I eat that the- all the time. When's the last hangover you had? It's been months, hasn't it?
1: Well, it's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> I prefer to do it when it's still on the bowl.
0: That's frowned upon in most cultures.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, most states too, but
0: not all states. As long as you're covered by Allstate, you're fine.
1: <laughs> you're in good hands.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, this is the national hangover cure of Bolivia, and it's pretty flamboyant to behold, considering that the penises are served whole and that they average about a foot and a half in length. Once the penis has simmered in a rich, concentrated broth for about 10 hours, pieces of lamb, beef, chicken, and boiled egg are added, along with rice and potatoes the dish is also considered an aphrodisiac and is said to cure back pain too. Hey, it's it's an all-in-one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man, it's a cure-all.
0: Holy That'll shit. Fix it right up. Get yourself some bull penis soup.
1: Oh my god, dude.
0: Vinegar in the temples, that's fine. Raw eels. You just you just jump in a in a pond or a river or lake in medieval Europe and grab yourself an eel or lamprey and just just gnaw into it, baby.
1: Just swallow it like a fucking noodle. <laughs> mm. Like a wet noodle. <laughs> I love spaghetti.
0: Those are all the uh, historical, and I guess potentially some that are still around. <clears throat> now I'll just run down a quick list of some of the more modern cures. <clears throat> then I'll get into that hair at the dog thing. Uh, sardines on toast. Gross. This doesn't sound too bad. I think I could probably have this. A cocktail of Alka-Seltzer, lemon-lime, emergency, and lemon LaCroix water. Is LaCroix? LaCroix? LaCroix. Uh, chicken noodle soup and Coke, I said, a hot shower in total darkness, a mug of bone broth, and an edible. I don't do edibles, but the other stuff sounds fine, I guess.
1: Yeah. I mean...
0: Uh, okay. This one... A, lo- a lot yeah. of these are weird. This one, I... Wouldn't even do if I wasn't drinking. I'm not, I'm not in that kind of shape. And if I had a fucking headache and I felt like I was going to puke. Now, uh, 5K run. After a bender. <laughs> after a bender, get your ass out of bed and that, just just haul ass for three miles.
1: That doesn't even make <laughs> well, any sense.
0: I guess the idea is for it to just sweat right out of you.
1: Yeah, well, go to a sauna because what you're going to end up with is a fucking cramp. Everywhere. 'Cause you're dehydrated. Yeah, you're you're gonna just fucking tense up and Yeah, that's no, not good. No. I don't I'm not a doctor, but <laughs> I would think that's not very good.
0: Uh Bloody Mary first thing in the morning, which actually makes sense. That leads us right into hair of the dog.
1: Yeah, don't get a airport uh, bloody Mary. My first ever Bloody Mary was at an airport. And I said, what the fuck is this bullshit? And I looked at a bartender, and I said, D- would you fucking drink this, you piece of shit? And then I threw it at him. I got kicked out of the airport. I'm on a no-fly list now. So In Montana. No, <laughs> <laughs> no not Montana.
0: Uh, so the the whole hair of the dog. And many people swear by this common hangover remedy. Though it's largely based on myth and anecdotal evidence, there is some evidence to support that having a drink the next morning Can lessen hangover symptoms. This is because alcohol changes the way that methanol, a chemical found in small amounts in alcoholic beverages, is processed in the body. After you drink alcohol, methanol is converted into formaldehyde. So you're getting pickled from the inside. Ain't that a bitch, right? A toxic compound that could be the cause of some hangover symptoms. Isn't that what they use for pickling body parts, preserving body parts?
1: I, I think so. I looked so. that up,
0: and that's that's in there. Is that, I know it's also used in embalming.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say, is it the same thing as embalming food? Th-
0: it's definitely uh, well, it shares the same name, but it for sure, it's in lesser amounts when you when it's converted within your own body. But when it's being embalmed, well, when a body is being embalmed, then it's definitely a severely more potent batch of it. Now, the scientific thing for a hair of the dog, drinking ethanol when you have a hangover can stop this conversion and prevent the formation of formaldehyde altogether. Instead of forming formaldehyde, methanol is then safely excreted from the body. However, this method is not recommended as a treatment for hangovers as it can lead to the development of unhealthy habits and alcohol dependence.
1: I mean, yeah, that makes sense. Alcoholics, they, you know, alcoholic wakes up, they got a beer next to the bed or a, a fucking bottle of Jack hung over. They'd take a swig or take a, you know, half a bottle and.
0: Yeah. And, so you're like, oh, you know shit, know? I feel sick because of drinking. Let me drink a little bit more. Oh, shit, I feel sick because of drinking. Let me drink a little bit more. So the way that works is it. some people think, hair of the dog will actually make your hangover worse, you're only delaying the inevitable. Because your body still has to go through the process of metabolizing all that alcohol that's through your body. I guess maybe it's it wouldn't be as bad, so you're riding the wave of the hangover, you kind of halt the process in the middle of it, get a little bit more, and then bring it back down, get a little bit more, bring it back down, so the the wave is lower and lower and lower as long as you don't get...
1: Yeah, maybe it's... Maybe it's not like riding up. Maybe it's just a slow, instead of like coming down a, st- yeah. a steep hill, you're coming down a, a nice right, right. decline.
0: Something like that. Uh, where are we on time? Should we take a break?
1: Yeah, we should probably yeah, take a break, huh?
0: Man, I got so much. Might have to skip a whole section. That's fine. Do you suffer from rheumatism, lumbago, acute, chronic, sciatic, neurologic, or inflammatory pain? Well, I represent the only company that makes a genuine article that cures headaches, neuralgia, earache, toothaches, backaches, swelling, sprains, sore chests, swelling of the throats, contracted cords and muscles, anxieties, and ravaged nerves, stiff joints, wrenches, dislocations, cuts, and bruises, and it adds vitality and vigor to the healthy man. That was a quote from Dr. Nigel Dickens. A snake oil salesman in the game Red Dead Redemption.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Look, I was going to say it sounded exactly like a snake oil salesman right there.
0: Uh, Snake oil oil is... That history is really crazy. I guess the most infamous snake oil salesman was Clark Stanley. And his snake oil... It didn't... It wasn't really going to hurt you. Uh, He was uh, called the Rattlesnake King. (laughs) And it didn't have okay. anything, any snake oil in it at all. But the stuff that was in it, let me, is that in my notes here? Look right over there. That's a rattler. <laughs> uh, after he had made his, as much money as he was going to make from it, in 1916, subsequent to the passage of the Pure Food and Drug Act in 1906, they tested what was in Mr. Stanley's snake oil remedy. And all that was in it was mineral oil, uh, capsaicin from Chili Peppers, and turpentine. <laughs> yeah, turpentine. turpentine. <laughs> I looked that up, and it's, a, it's an extract of a lot of species of pine trees. So I think what this dude did was he just went around, and he got mineral oil. I don't really know how you come, I don't know how you get mineral oil. But he, he got it Somehow just went squeeze rocks i guess <laughs> <laughs> i guess i tried to look that up but it was i guess it was just there's a number of ways it it's a it's a byproduct of petroleum somehow so he got it from okay. got that and then capsaicin he just you know took the juice of of peppers pretty much and uh what was the other one turpentine so it w- he was collecting like tree sap but it was good for what ails you
1: yeah <laughs> okay yeah <laughs>
0: He sold it as uh, pretty much a cure-all, and he claimed, Stanley claimed that starting in 1879, after 11 years working as a cowboy, he studied for more than two years with a Hopi medicine man at Walpi, Arizona. This supposedly included learning the secrets of snake oil. With the help of a Boston druggist, he began marketing his product at a Western medicine show. In 1893, he and his rattlesnakes gained attention at the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago, Illinois. Later, he went on to establish production facilities in Beverly, Massachusetts and Providence, Rhode Island. But it didn't last long because in 1916, he was shut down. (laughs) And uh, it doesn't sound like much now. And even in 2019, it doesn't sound like a whole hell of a lot. But I guess people get away with basically the same thing now he was fined in nineteen sixteen he was fined twenty dollars whoa look out and <laughs> oh, easy
1: that's a bit much in <laughs>
0: 1916, it was it was a lot in two thousand nineteen that was four hundred and seventy dollars oh it was still a decent fine but i mean people are selling
1: that's a yeah that's a yeah that's a <laughs> that's a big fine
0: people are selling basically the same thing now uh there's a lot of people... Uh, yeah. Like, a lot of it is placebo, I want to say. And placebos work great.
1: But isn't... Yeah, I was going to say, isn't that awesome? Like, that's the testament to the human body. Yes. Like, the the mind and the body. Like, if you think it's working, the mind can make it work. Right. Like, it's so incredible. you
0: on that vial, you know, you go to CVS and you get that thing of 50 caplets of fish oil and fish oil is supposed to do this thing. You're like, yes, this is what's going to happen. Fish oil is going to do this thing for me. And fish oil does that thing for you. Could be a little bit of quackery, could be a little bit of snake oil in there, but if it works for you, it works for you. Fuck it.
1: Yeah, I mean, how many trials do you see where like the placebo, like a certain percent of them did feel better? Right. That's incredible. Say what you will. But I'm of the mind that our body can heal itself from whatever affects us right and I think honestly, if now I don't want to offend people, but if you have I don't know say you ha- you, you got a lump somewhere and you mm-hmm. go to the doctor and he's like, it's cancer and then all of a sudden your mood goes down. yeah you start getting depressed. That shit starts to take over. Yep. But if you don't go, I'm not saying don't go. People, <laughs> if you got a lump, if you want to go to the doctor, go to the doctor. Absolutely. But I kind of question if that's the best move.
0: Yeah, this is not medical advice in any fashion whatsoever. No, no. But definitely seek some sort of medical attention and then somebody can tell you what it is and then you can figure out a treatment from there. And hey, man, if taking 2,000 milligrams of vitamin C suddenly makes that lump go away, fucking rad, dude. Snake oil. Some of this stuff, I mean, that's how these people made their money. It actually worked for some customers. So the customers would spread the word. It wasn't just some dude just constantly walking down a railroad Selling shit to people, and from town to town. Placebo. Yeah.
1: They thought it was going to work in their mind. They really, really, really believed it was going to work, and it did. Right. Not because it was medicine, because their brain fixed whatever the problem was.
0: Right. So if you believe enough that this thing is going to cure you, maybe your brain, maybe your mind will just take over and fix fix your body. Maybe. Maybe.
1: Okay. Maybe.
0: Um, Let me tell you about William Avery Devil Bill, Rockefeller Sr. Uh Uh-oh.
1: Rockefeller.
0: Yep. Old Rock, he was, what the fuck's the kid's name? John D. Rockefeller. That's his dad. Snake oil salesman like you wouldn't fucking believe. Not only was he a snake oil salesman, he goes, You know what? I'm not even going to name it snake oil. It's rock oil. And this will cure your cancer.
1: You don't even have to walk this pet rock.
0: (laughs) Nope. You know? (laughs) What the fuck? Oh, Devil Bill was an American businessman, lumberman, herbalist, salesman, and con artist who went by the alias of Dr. William Levingston.
1: Okay, yeah, it sounds like a doctor name.
0: (laughs) Yep. He sold rock oil, and people believed it worked. And that's how he made uh, a good amount of money until they're like, ooh, ooh Billy Rock, you uh, you fucked up there, chief. And he got charged with, he was indicted for rape, which had occurred at gunpoint. Oh, my God. <laughs> so before he was, com- his victim had worked in the Rockefeller household. Her name was Anne Vanderbeek. In the 1905 book Memoirs of an American Citizen, Robert Robert Herrick says an improper relationship had been rumored to exist. So before he went, I know there's more to this story, but eventually he decided to run away and change his name. And his family kept denying where they knew he was. And eventually, you know, he, he got away with it. Oh, here wow. we go. Because of the allegations, William sold the Moravia home and moved to Oswego, New York, possibly to avoid trial, under the pretense of providing better opportunities for the boys. Four days later, Eliza's father sued Bill in the Supreme Court of Cayuga for... Uh, so Eliza was... to missed that part. Thornberry. Eliza Thornberry. <laughs> <laughs> Eliza's father had not seen Bill... Uh, Guys, I'm messing this up. Four days later, Eliza's father sued Bill in the Supreme Court of Cuyahoga for a failure to pay $1,175 in debt. So, Eliza's father was his lawyer. His plea states that Bill had asked him for help with his bail for the rape charges, but that Eliza's father had not seen Bill since. Eliza also informed authorities that her husband had absconded and cannot be found within the state. Oh, Eliza was the wife. the Rockefeller mom. William assumed the title Dr. Bill Levingston and worked as a traveling snake oil specialist. Although nothing became of the charges, William left the family penniless. So snake oil works, sort of. Could work for you. Yeah. I mean this Shit is so weird, dude. Now you were in the beginning of the episode you were talking about your haircut and I asked you about the uh the barbershop pole. Mm. Mm-hmm. And you said you knew what that was all about. Yeah. Bloodletting.
1: Oh. No? <laughs> Maybe I didn't know what it was all about.
0: <laughs> what did you... What was your thought on it?
1: I always heard that the barber would also be your dentist and would pull teeth and shit. Yeah. And the the white towel would be covered in blood, but it would... When they were open or whatever, it would spin around in the wind and...
0: Oh. uh, Yeah, that that was probably a thing. But, the, what I got was that the red symbolizing blood and white symbolizing bandages for, so first simplicity, oh okay, But in the early days of barber shops, they were barber surgeons. So not only did they cut hair, but they they were also a place to go for bloodletting. So physicians would prescribe. The surgery and tell you to go down to the local barber the barber surgeon and the barber surgeon would cut a hole in your vein your artery or your vein and let out uh, a particular amount of blood depending on what ails you um hell uh, yeah right
1: <laughs> yeah I, I don't even know what to say like that <laughs> shit was weird back then and yeah. it, you know what's weird is, I don't know, 200 years from now, they're going to be like, what the fuck were they doing? Are you kidding me? You th- Why'd you check their
0: liver out? You serious? Yeah. You just, you just it re- regenerates
1: itself. It re- <laughs> All you had to do was stop whatever, and the liver regenerates itself. You took it out?
0: <laughs> wow. The
1: they did it with knives? <laughs> <laughs> and terrible. humans were in there?
0: Holy fuck. <laughs> They didn't have robots, though, in it? Oh, my God. Bloodletting is a withdrawal of blood from a patient to prevent or cure illness and disease. Bloodletting, whether by a physician or by leeches, was based on an ancient system of medicine in which blood and other bodily fluids were regarded as humors that had to remain or in proper balance to maintain health. And I looked up humors. Humors are... Humorism was this... Uh, ancient greek idea that your body had different basically elements within your body had to be in balance so there was earth fire wind water was associated with different things within the body
1: i am captain planet
0: (laughs) oh don't forget about spirit he needed some spirit (laughs) the human body contains blood phlegm yellow bile and black bile so all these things had to be in balance for to have a good uh, a, a good system. So the blood was believed to be produced exclusively by the liver. It was associated with a sanguine nature, enthusiastic, active, and social. Yellow bile excess of yellow bile was thought to produce aggression, and reciprocally, excess anger to cause liver derangement and imbalances in the humors. Black bile. The word melancholy derives from Greek, meaning black bile. Depression was attributed to excess or unnatural black bile secreted by the spleen. Cancer was also attributed to an excess of black bile concentrated in a specific area. And then phlegm was thought to be associated with reserved behavior, as preserved in the word uh, phlegmatic. The phlegm of humorism is far from the same thing as phlegm as it is defined today. Okay. So all those things had to be in balance, and blood was one that was that usually was usually imbalanced. <laughs> so this kind of, to me, this kind of makes sense. One of the one of the ailments that they treated for or treated with bloodletting was hypertension or high blood pressure. So if you got if you got high blood pressure, they're like, "Ooh, hmm, that's going too fast. We should let some of that out." Yeah, yeah,
1: weird, man.
0: <laughs> I mean that that effect was unintentional, but that's how they treated high blood pressure. Let's see passages from the Ebers Papyrus may indicate that bloodletting by scarification was an accepted practice in ancient Egypt. Egyptian burials have been reported to contain bloodletting instruments. According to some accounts, the Egyptians base the idea on their observations of the hippopotamus, confusing its red secretions with blood and believing that it scratched itself to relieve distress. Which is really weird. Did you know that hippopotamus, they kind of they secrete red? There's a
1: lot I don't know about hippos.
0: <laughs> uh, it's blood sweat. Well, they, it's referred to as blood sweat, but it's, uh, it's basically a natural uh, suntan. They've already got hard, cracked exterior skin, so this secretes out, it protects them against UV rays, and it's an antibiotic. Wow. Yep.
1: They're like super super beasts.
0: Yeah, hell yeah. Those big-ass mouths and just eat your whole head. And, where was it? Who, one of these, I think it was the ancient Greeks, they were like, "Hmm, you know what? Women have this natural ability. And it occurs naturally in women, this uh, bloodletting. So <laughs> oh, the, no. Yep. So once a month, it seems like the body, you know, women are very irritated for a little bit through a month. And that's when they are letting out some blood. And then after that, they seem to be in better, better nature. They're more calmed down oh. after that. Hmm. Oh, hmm. my God. Maybe there's something to that.
1: There's. <laughs> There's not,
0: what the fuck? <laughs>
1: that's a good way to piss off your wife. Are you <laughs> on your period? Like she starts fighting with you? Are you on your period? Oh yeah. Like, ooh.
0: Don't 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 ask.
1: Yeah. Don't even suggest. Like if no. she's, if you even if you know it and she's starting to fight with you, don't be like you're only doing this because you're on your period. No, because that's how you <laughs> end up fucking Lorena Bobbitted. And, you know, your dick's gone. She might go further. She might cut your neck. I don't know.
0: She's going to go Super Saiyan on your ass. It's going to be red Super Saiyan.
1: Yeah. Don't do it. Don't do it.
0: (laughs) Barber surgeons and bloodletting, they depended on the barbers to do all sorts of shit. And there was, I think it was in France. We're going to see that. Anyway, there was a monk monastery where they, you know, they have the uh, their hair cut off on top. It's called a tonsure, that area. And so they had to have a a trained barber within the monastery. So not only did this trained barber cut the hair of the monks to keep the tonsure, you know, nice and neat, but they that's where the physicians would send people that were suffering from something that where they needed to have a little bit of bloodletting. They would send them over to the monastery. Go over go over see uh brother brother Maxwell. He'll fix you. Yeah.
1: He'll cut your hair, he'll give you a, a few slices there and uh <laughs> it was like their yarmulke. You know, they shave the head. It was like the like, opposite of a yarmulke. Yeah it's a instead reverse of putting yarmulke. something on. <laughs> yeah. Instead <laughs> of putting something on, they're taking it off right there.
0: And they take a little bit out of your vein too, fix you right up.
1: Be right as rain.
0: You no, know, yeah, that was bloodletting, and that's super awesome. Where are we at now? Oh, this is, I'll run through this fairly quickly, but this is fucking crazy. So, I'm pretty sure you don't suffer from the ailment, and I don't suffer from it. And even if you did, I don't think I would want to know about it, because your wife is my sister, dude. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> impotence. Oh. John R Brinkley come up with this idea to cure male impotence. And his cure for male impotence. He was not a Well, I guess I'll tell you the cure in a minute. He was not an actual accredited medical physician. No kidding. He, he got so fa- <laughs> He got so far <clears throat> in medical school and then he ran out of money, so they the family moved and shit happened. And they tried to go back to school in a different location, and they said, "Well, you didn't pay your bill at the other school, so we're, you're not can't, you can't come here, dude." So he found this other place that would give him a diploma for a fee, and apparently, that is still a thing today. Isn't that Even, what
1: Aunt Becky just went to jail for?
0: Who's Aunt Becky? For
1: you know, oh, uh, what is their name? She just got sent to jail for bribing colleges for her kids or whatever.
0: Oh, oh, oh her. Um Lori Well, yeah, I guess if the college actually went through with it, then they could be considered a diploma mill where you just go up to them and say, "Hey man, I have some life experience in this thing. Here's some money. I'd like a diploma."
1: Yeah, could I get an honorary PhD in <laughs> podcasting? <laughs> Thanks.
0: <laughs> it's still it still happens to this day and from 1980 to 1991 the government, I think it was the FBI, they had kind of a sting operation and it was called Operation Dip Scam. <laughs> so it was kind of a combination of diploma and scam.
1: <laughs> That's a terrible name.
0: I know. <laughs> but it was just the, it was the eighties, man. You do
1: This ranch dip isn't ranch. (laughs) It's
0: a dip scam. (laughs) Someone's going to have to pay.
1: This is definitely not hidden Valley.
0: (laughs) When I read this, this is the thing that after I found this out, this is when I sent you the text message. I'm like, dude, this whole episode is going to be like, what the fuck? Okay. In 2004, even in 2004, Laura Callahan resigned from the United States Department of Homeland Security. Hold on to that thought. Department of Homeland Security. Okay. After it was learned that she had received her doctorate from the unaccredited Hamilton University, not to be confused with the fully accredited Hamilton College in Clinton, New York. Callahan had previously been a senior director at the DHS and held supervisory positions at the United States Department of Labor, and within the Bill Clinton White House. According to an article in Reason Magazine, the Callahan scandal raises serious doubts about the government's ability to vet the qualifications of public employees on whom the nation's security depends.
1: Damn, dude.
0: <laughs> so they wow. just hired this lady. Oh, she's like, I want to Hamilton. Oh, well, all right, yeah, Hamilton. <laughs> Sounds good, yeah. <laughs> but not... Holy fuck. Not Hamilton College, Hamilton University... Yeah. And that one is in
1: Hamilton. Is my my husband's name? Yeah, he taught me.
0: I went to Hamilton. I was I was in Hamilton. Hey, wait a minute, you can
1: Hamilton happen. was
0: in me. <laughs> I'm so good. It's Hamilton me. <laughs> Hamilton University was an unaccredited institution based in Evanston, Wyoming, according to the Oregon Office of Degree Authorization. Okay, it was first established in Hawaii as American State University. It has since been closed by court order in Wyoming and has relocated to the Bahamas under the name Richardson University. So they're still going.
1: I mean, why wouldn't they? I mean...
0: If they're making money. And it's not... I guess it's not illegal. You just can't put it on your resume that you got... You don't have a diploma. You can't put it on your resume.
1: Well, you got to put the full school name too. You can't just be like... Hamilton. Hamilton,
0: yeah. <laughs> Since it had no real students and no faculty and was housed in buildings which had once been a Motel 6, Hamilton <laughs> was widely thought to be a diploma mill.
1: Oh my God.
0: <laughs> and she was in the fucking White House, dude. Department of Homeland Security.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a joke.
0: And then the whole thing, CBS News reported in 2004 that Hamilton was operated by Rudy Marn of Key West, Florida, and it was just, the whole thing was a mess. So you just buy diplomas. How fucking rad is that? You know, I'm something of a scientist myself.
1: Give me a diploma.
0: (laughs) I have a couple dollars. (laughs) Say, man, I got five dollars. Could I get a degree in the taste of cottage cheese?
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right.
1: Yeah, we'll give you one. You know, I got to buy a new printer, so just uh, give me, you know, a couple months. Let me... But, yeah, I'll get you one.
0: All right. Cool. (laughs) This is wild. 463 federal employees were discovered to have been enrolled in three schools at the time of the inquiry... This was the May 2004 Government Accountability Office was doing an inquiry on several things. Mm -hmm. Uh, 463 federal employees were discovered to have been enrolled in three schools at the time of the inquiry. The Department of Defense had the highest number of enrollees with 257 employees registered. The GAO also found that the government itself had paid at least $170,000 for questionable quote-unquote coursework, by federal employees at California Coast and Kennedy Western alone, I believe that even this amount had been significantly understated by the institutions involved. <laughs>
1: That's <fucking> crazy. <laughs> what the fuck?
0: There's diploma mills all over the world, and I, it's still happening today. But, quote-unquote, Dr. John R. Brinkley used his medical knowledge not his accredited medical knowledge to cure male impotence and the way he did this was he transplanted goat balls into the scrotum of human males
1: okay okay does it make sense so, to, it? yeah i mean it, why wouldn't you you know yeah of course yeah right did did he take the the human testicles out or you just it, no, no. so now you got four.
0: Right, you have four. So you, now you got goat power. Oh. You got yeah. goat power too.
1: <laughs> Not only are you an impotent male human, now you're the goat. You're the greatest of all time.
0: And you wonder where the goat man came from.
1: Oh. <laughs> wow.
0: It all ties together, man. It's all coming together. Uh... Although initially Brinkley promoted this procedure as a means of curing male impotence, eventually he claimed that the technique was a virtual panacea for a wide range of male ailments. He operated clinics and hospitals in several states. and Despite the fact that almost from the beginning, detractors and critics in the medical community thoroughly discredited his methods, he was able to continue his activities for almost two decades. Wow. He did it for that long, and eventually, I mean, it it worked for the first couple of guys, quote unquote worked, but it was, it still seems like it was kind of a placebo thing. So what happened in the body was he literally just took the ball of the goat, cut the mail sack open, shoved it in there. That's it. And then zipped her back up.
1: <laughs> like a coin purse, man.
0: <laughs> that's all <what> it was. <laughs> But what happens scientifically is the the human body just absorbed that foreign entity, and that's it. It eventually it absorbed it and then excreted it, and you know it didn't need it.
1: So then the guy like reached down there, like, wait, I was supposed what? to have four balls. <laughs> wait a second,
0: what? Now the goat balls are the only ones left. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm rock
1: hard.
0: <laughs> and apparently, it worked enough. So not. After that, he began inserting them into women, up into the ovar- ovarian area. Why? Well, if it's men. That's testicles.
1: I know. I know. Why, did, why didn't you take the ovaries out of female goats and just pop them up there?
0: You just slide them in there, just kind of. It's like an envelope. You just kind of slide it right in there. Just Yeah, it'll find its interior. way.
1: It'll find its way. that's what he did
0: and uh he he was so good at this he brought there was a town there was a town in Kansas where the California board found out he was living in Kansas so or the, the police FBI whoever it was they found out he was living in Kansas so they went to extradite him out of Kansas to prosecute him in California and the mayor or the governor of I don't. Know if, I do think it was the governor of Kansas. I think it was the mayor of the town. I was like, no, you can't have him. He he stays here. <laughs> he was bringing so much money to the town that he helped like build up this town. Holy shit! He had a radio show. He was basically a podcaster because he was talking about <laughs> the, all you know his panacea curing people with goat goat nuts and uh, all these other ailments that he was curing. And he started talking about all kinds of other stuff on his radio show. It was is fucking crazy. But he made all this money before. They're like, dude, you gotta shut this down.
1: Holy shit, dude.
0: Uh, I think I'll end it there. I think that was a uh, good enough. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's still... Uh, quackery is a huge, huge subject. There, I, there's stuff I have in my notes that I didn't even go through.
1: Yeah, I mean, it happens. There's episodes where we don't get through it all. It, some of them are just so deep that we can't cover it in an episode,
0: no. Uh, if you don't like commercials and you want to support the show at the same time, go to Patreon.com/slash BringOnTheWeird. And for two dollars a month, you get all the episodes without commercial breaks. Uh, tell us your favorite hangover cure. PodChaser.com/slash BringOnTheWeird. Look as, look for us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us five stars and just tell us your favorite hangover cure. Yeah, you know, could be sleep. Could be, what are, uh, what are they called? Rocky Mountain oysters.
1: Oh <laughs> God! <laughs> no, there's so many. There, yeah, We could get a ton. Uh, if you want some dope merch, go to myconspiracytees.com/slash bring on the weird or tpublic.com and search bring on the weird. And just there's all kinds of cool shit on there, man. Just pick up what you want.
0: Hell yeah! We haven't made a new design in in a little while. Taylock was doing his thing. Yeah. And we'll come up with a new design here soon.
1: That's not a bad idea. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know our socials. You know where to follow us, right? I mean, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Same name everywhere.
0: bring on the weird, baby. Mm hmm. And with that, stay weird, world.
1: And we'll see you guys next time.